Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, SEC Media Days edition here in Atlanta. Seth Emerson, our Georgia beat writer, joins me. The Bulldogs not in Atlanta yet, but uh, the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, was uh, on the stage on Monday. And very interesting attitude coming from Greg Sankey, Seth. It seemed like a a guy who is in a good spot. I've covered him since he became commissioner and was covering the league when he was still the associate commissioner. I've, like you, had one-on-ones with him, talked with him a lot. I know him well, and or at least I know how he speaks. And to me, the way he handled the expansion questions today was noteworthy because yeah. he had a chance to say, we're at 16, we're good, we don't care what other conferences do, you know, blah, blah, blah. He did say we're at 16 and we're happy to be at or we're going to be at 16 we're happy to stay at 16 but he he did not say we absolutely will not he he actually said we're listening we're engaging right people are calling right and and it's sort of like the big 10 and the sec are both in this position where everybody would like to be part of them Mm -hmm. if they're not part of them right now so it it is an enviable position to be in both leagues have built up a, a product that everybody wants to be part, be part of so and I have a tv contract and they're stable i think that's right. the brian kelly touched on that it's musical chairs and you no one wants to be left out and everyone's scared to be left out of it and really unless you're in the big 10 or the sec or you are notre dame right now you're looking around going where's this going to end up yeah notre dame's the, the interesting one to me seth because i ended up writing about greg sankey and the playoff because i thought it was interesting that Seven weeks ago at SEC spring meetings, he seemed to be sounding an alarm. There, there is mm-hmm. nothing past 2025. Hey, got to get together, got to get this figured out, need to know what's going on, need to make a decision. He was pretty zen when asked about the playoff on Monday. Like, there's time. It'll get figured out, which suggests to me that, that whatever resistance there was before seems to be fading away as leagues realize, wait a second, we don't have any leverage here if we aren't the Big Ten or the SEC. But the pressure was there to have conference access with some guarantee. And so the 12-team, six at-large, which increases the at-large access, and six uh, conference qualifiers, not automatic qualifiers, but the guarantee to the six best conference champions, was was a really good balancing outcome. But things have changed. And I was clear uh, back in January when we walked away from the conversation that we as a conference weren't unanimous in our support. Um, I had as commissioner moved people forward to the point we were supportive as a league. And if we're going to go back to square one, then we're going to take a step back from the model introduced and rethink the approach. Uh, number of teams, whether there should be any guarantee for conference champions at all, just earn your way in. 
um, there's something that's healthy competitively about that and creates expectations and support around programs. Where we go, we'll see. We've had one initial conversation um, in late June. I walked into that meeting not very optimistic about the ability to talk through issues, and I walked out much more positive about the path forward um, than when I walked in. And there's a lot of work to do. Uh, we have time and we'll use it. And it's the same type of issues that you've heard, AQ or no AQ, how many teams, what's the relationship to the bowls, when do we play these games on a calendar. We, we really need to look at that more deeply than we did in the, in the previous iteration. So we'll, we'll see how it, how it goes. But that, those are the realities. But um, I, I'd be fine with no AQs, whether it's four, like we have now, it's a model that's worked, eight, 12, but the inclusion of uh, champion, uh, conference champion access was I, was, I thought, an effective compromise at a 12-team playoff. Right, and obviously the ACC especially, and maybe the Pac-12 especially, I think you, you know more about the machinations behind the scenes, like did the Pac-12's new commissioner shoot himself in the foot or was he just put in a bad position, whatever. Right. But these guys, they needed to go along. Maybe the ACC will still end up okay here. They yeah. need to stabilize everything they still have good brands right. they have good right. teams yeah but like it, the big 10 is kind of saying hey we're we're in the sec's position now and the sec's saying we've been in this position we'll yeah. make our own playoff if we have to you know there's no there's no playoff after 2024 2025 2025 like after that now i think we all expect there's gonna they're gonna figure this out but in all this uncertainty like I said, unless you're in the SEC or the Big Ten or you're Notre Dame, you, you, you don't know what's happening. And so the SEC and Greg Sankey have leverage. Like the, the Big Ten answered the SEC's move right. on Texas and Oklahoma, but it did not decrease, in my mind, the SEC's leverage. No, and, and the Big Ten has equal amounts of leverage. Mm-hmm. And you can say, oh, well, they might be at odds and, and you might be able to form an alliance. Oh, wait, I use the A word again. Can't use that word anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But but it doesn't matter because ultimately the Big Ten and the SEC kind of want the same things. They everybody's better off having one playoff together. Yeah, um, I would argue we're better off in a world where there's more than two super conferences. I would agree with that, and I I think the Big Ten and the SEC would be smart to make sure there is a way to include everybody else. Right. Now, how you get to that is the question. Because I think if you ask Greg Sankey, he'd be all for as many at-large spots as possible. Mm-hmm. I think the, the commissioners of the other leagues would be like, no, 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 can we get some automatic qualifying spots in here just yeah. to make sure it's not all Big Ten and all SEC? But, you know, I, I, I think about this because, remember, realignment's not always about quality on the field. Mm-hmm. It's about what you bring to the balance sheet, what, mm-hmm. mar- whether it's bringing markets, whether it's bringing eyeballs because you're a big brand. But I don't think Clemson's going to stop being good because these teams move to the Big Ten right. and these teams move to the SEC. I, I don't think Oregon's going to stop being good, right. whether Oregon's in the in the Pac-10 or or some other yeah. conference or you know so they they get absorbed somewhere else. I don't think Washington will stay down forever. They mm-hmm. could be good again. Utah has been very good. You know, Oklahoma State has been good. Baylor has been really good. Those are all programs I feel like can make a playoff if you're doing an eight team or a 12 team even if you just said no conference champions guaranteed anything Mm -hmm. just the top whatever top eight top 12 get in they're still getting in and i think 
that's better for the game because it keeps all all those people engaged still. Well, isn't this the reason that they wanted to go to a 12-team playoff? Yeah. Because the same teams were contending for only four spots, and when there's only four spots and people have stopped caring about bowls yeah. and which bowls you go to, you need to keep more fan bases engaged. Yeah. So that's a good thing to do. But now if you go to super conferences, you're starting to shut out. Mm-hmm. A bunch of teams, like if you're not in one of these super conferences, you're out. Well, the lifeline that Greg Sankey and the SEC and I, I guess probably the Big Ten at this point still want to give everyone else is we'll get you a 12-team playoff. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for our friends who cover the Big Ten and you probably know, but the, the SEC all along has been rather, I think, altruistic on this right they don't in the beginning 12 yeah well eight would be fine with them as long as it's top i mean i live in athens georgia and the team in my town that i cover most of the time has now played two national championship games against another team in the sec yeah the same team um but it's just better for everybody that there's 12 and it's a great number and the conferences that shot themselves in the foot by being against it are the ones that are in danger of being shut out it is it is crazy though what were they thinking like when you go back to it why why did george klyavkov talk to to nicole auerbach last month and said oh well they shouldn't have announced it they should have worked through the issue but it doesn't matter if it's the thing you need it doesn't matter if it's been announced or not well it either is or isn't the thing you need was it hurt feelings over the Texas Oklahoma thing which now I'll say this I get that a little bit I I actually I've yeah, asked you kind of freak out a little bit yeah. like was there an ulterior motive right. was there something right. behind this right but the ACC when the other they never did give a legitimate reason for wanting the, to hold it the, up the TV being part of it like is is the SEC driving this and but the ACC you know is ESPN all the way yeah. like they wouldn't have any disagreement well, with the SEC the, over was that. Was the a- ACC and Jim Phillips doing – were they holding it up because they wanted it as a way to get Notre Dame to kind of force them in? Maybe. Maybe. I they mean, wanted eight yeah. with the thinking being Notre Dame. Yeah. Now, we were saying at the time that that didn't make much sense. Right. And now, especially, it doesn't. Like, I think that at this point, the ACC has to crawl to yeah. everyone and beg, to, let's get back to 12. Well, and, and, and let me ask you this. So – Maybe there are all uh, automatic qualifying spots. Now, I, I remember talking about Bowlesby in Las Vegas in December, and he said the reason that the Big 12 was against codifying who got the, which leagues got the, the automatic spots. He's like, that'll get us dragged before Congress. Mm. Like, that, that's why they were against it. That's why Sankey was against it. Those guys didn't understand why Kevin Warren from the Big 10 was like, well, no, you got to say which five leagues get or which mm. six leagues. No, you don't. You, you don't have to say that. And the Big Ten really doesn't need to say that. There's no, there's no scenario in the universe where the Big Ten champ doesn't get in. No, I mean, I just I – don't, I don't get it. I, I did get that some people would be upset at Greg Sankey and thinking that he was doing something duplicitous. Yes. I get that part. But then at that point, you kind of have to get over it. Uh, or just, just and, think through all the, right, the various machinations right. and go – Okay, what are they getting out of this? What's the hidden agenda here? Right. And if you go through it and you can't find a hidden agenda, mm-hmm. then you probably go with the thing that helps you the most. And that's what blows my mind about this. I don't think UCLA and the USC stay in the Pac-12 if there's a 
a 12-team playoff yeah. and, the, and the six highest-ranked conference champs get in. Like, that all but guarantees the Pac-12's champ a spot in the playoff, but I don't think that would have kept them there. You don't, like, be, be, I mean, I guess I'm looking at it it's strictly from a competitive standpoint, which is yeah, the, you've got... Yeah, the money's just so huge yeah. in the Big Ten. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think you're going to say no to that just because that's, that one circumstance changed. But it couldn't have hurt your chances of keeping them. Might have given them a better shot than it yeah. ended up that they did. Yeah. Well, all right. So where do you think this goes? It, 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 the, I guess the question is: Is the cart before the horse? Horse before the cart? What's going to happen here? Is there going to? Are they going to come together and yeah. decide on a playoff situation before or yeah. format before there's more expansion movements? Or do is there a sense that they need to let some of this realignment stuff settle out first? I feel like they need to let some of it settle out to have some idea of what they're doing. Now, the the, the thing is, and Greg Sankey said they had some time, which was, again, yeah. a little bit different than what he'd said in the past. And they do have some time. Because logistically, if you're, if you're going to wind up talking through the logistics of this thing, you're talking about at least a six to nine month process, probably more like a year long mm -hmm. process. You would, you would think by a year from now, some of the dust will have settled from yeah. a realignment standpoint. Now, now the one piece of realignment that, that doesn't get settled, because I think what happens with the playoff discussion will influence it, is Notre Dame. I think, I, I mean, I've seen Pete Sampson, our mm -hmm. colleague, who's as plugged in as anybody there, talk a little bit more openly about the possibility that Notre Dame will join a conference. Yeah. So I defer to Pete. I still... I mean, I've been so wrong on realignment predictions anyway, but my own sense from afar is that I'll believe Notre Dame will join a conference the day they, they, they do. I feel, I, I feel like this is going to force them into it ultimately, but if I'm them, I'm going to sit there and wait and see what happens with the playoff because let's say it's a playoff scenario where there's eight at-larges, mm -hmm. four automatic qualifying spots. Because, again, does there need to be six? If, if there are only two power conferences? If, so if, if we're talking four automatic qualifying spots, we're talking SEC, Ace, uh, the four Big highest Ten, ranked. It doesn't um, have to be set ranked. to yeah. a league, okay. but yeah. All right. Yeah. So, but, but in theory, realistically, we're talking that's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah. And then two other leagues, whether that's the ACC and the Big 12, the yeah. ACC and the Pac 12, we don't know what that's going to look like. It, it feels like, Andy, we're a little bit doomed as far as living in a world of five regional conferences. It feels like the Big Ten has killed that. By we got yeah, we got to get yeah. our minds out of that space but because that's my, not the future. My hope, as someone who thinks that regionalism and traditions and basically having things spread out a little bit more, mm -hmm. uh, is that the ACC will be okay. Yeah. I don't know if that means Notre Dame joining it or Notre Dame just recommitting to independence but staying in the ACC right. under their current regime. Well, that's what I was going to ask. If you have eight at-large spots, mm -hmm. does Notre Dame need to join a conference? I don't think so. They can still write their yeah. – unless one of the one of the power conferences blackballs them, which, again, kind of how that all started was was the uh, the proto-Big Ten, the Western Conference. Which would conference, be shooting yourself black, in the foot. But I don't think they would yeah. do that now. And, no. and like, of course, if Notre Dame comes to you and says, we would like to play a home-and-home home with you, mm -hmm. whoever you are, SEC member, Big Ten member, mm -hmm. Big 12, whatever, mm -hmm. you're going to say yes. They're going to fill your stadium the year they come. Well, I, I, and just looking at who's available and who's out there, I know we get into the parlor game that isn't realistic and whatever, but, like, you, we started this out by talking – you were talking about Oregon's out there, Washington's out yeah. there, Clemson's out there, Florida State, 
uh, Miami. There's you want to get to Virginia Tech. North Carolina is not super strong football wise, but they're still a brand. There are still good brands, historic programs out there that it's spread out enough and like the SEC still has yeah. God bless you Mississippi State and Vanderbilt right and the Big Ten has you know they, they have uh, Northwestern which mm-hmm. God you know I, I don't know if Stewart's gonna you know fire me for mentioning he, them he in might. the same breath but he might um, maybe Nicole and our, the Northwestern but yeah, Mafia they, they, but in, in Illinois all right, I'll and, throw Maryland in yeah, there okay there you go yeah, you're yeah, our right, alma mater yeah, absolutely right. anyway you there are enough lower tier lesser programs in those two super conferences and enough bigger good programs that are still out there not in those that i think there's enough to go around that we will still have four semi-regional conferences that are strong enough and will but is that going to have to settle out first before like are we going to have to have an absolutely the acc is okay and the pac-12 big 12 thing to settle Right. That has to happen first, and will that happen in the next six to nine months and then have a playoff I mean, decision? it feels like the Big 12, Pac-12 thing has to has to decide itself at some point. And that's going to be eat or get eaten situation. This calendar year, I would yeah. think. Like, one has to take from the other. They can't just keep adding. Like, the, the Pac-12 can't just say, all right, well, we lost USC, UCLA, so we're going to add San Diego State and I mean, maybe they could. What, what, if, what if they just said, we'll be 10? Mm-hmm. We got Oregon and Washington's tent poles. Yeah. We'll be 10. We'll split it 10 ways. I mean, that, that probably, from a monetary standpoint, isn't that different. You would than, always than feel the Big worried deal. that Oregon and Washington could get poached. On the other hand, and then you're done. On yeah. the other hand, by adding San Diego State or UNLV, like you're diluting uh, yeah, I don't your think payout. I, I, I think staying 10 would, would make sense. But the question is. Would Oregon and Washington be willing to even commit? That's that's where I think can't. the Big Twelve has has some leverage there. They don't have to care about yeah. that. You know, they can take somebody else from the Pac-12 and say, "Hey, look, we don't intend to go anywhere. None of our people are getting offered by. They're yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. So, I don't know whether it's the Arizona schools, Utah, and Colorado, like Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU. Mm-hmm. We're here." We're staying here. We're going to be a league. And those are the programs that could still benefit from all this. Maybe they are getting left behind by Oklahoma and Texas, but if if the if you're still in those yeah, uh, conferences and it settles out and they get a 12-team playoff, this is what we were saying all along it would benefit was programs like that absolutely that are never going to make a four-team playoff although Oklahoma yeah. State was close well that that's the thing close. Oklahoma but, State and Baylor probably both make it last year yeah, yeah. but those are programs that are going to only rarely contend for a four-team playoff but they'll get into a 12-team playoff mm-hmm. and we've all seen what happens in the NCAA tournament in basketball yeah like Gonzaga Gets in and then slowly, you know, keeps winning and right, right. Then is a when Gonzaga happened, won, it used to be an upset. Yeah. Now, now they're expected to win. And then what Bruce Pearl did at Auburn, like he got them in the tournament, and then you know they, before you know it, they're in the Final Four. Like it, it's you, you build yourself, and that's how you build your brand. Yeah, is through a twelve-team playoff, whereas a fourteen playoff locks almost everybody out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, and it's interesting because I used to think the 18 would be the best one because it was still a very tough ticket. It was hard to get into. Yeah. But the tw- I think they, you know, they, maybe they did a little too good a job selling the 12 team to me because I look at it and I go, okay, number 12 can beat number five. Mm-hmm. And that's more interesting. Like, yeah. I don't want to see number eight get waxed by number one. Right. And I, don't, I definitely don't and want to see number 16 wanna, get waxed. You want to reward one. the top four for having a good season. Right, right. So you give, and, and then you give, you incentivize the highly ranked teams at the end of the season to stay highly ranked. You're also not taking away what has made college football what it is. Like, college football has not been made what it is because of only the top two making the championship or, or whatever. Like, it's the 12 out of 131 teams yeah. is still. All right, take that out of it. What's the math on however many are in the Power Five now? I, I did this actually in a 65. column. Sixty-five. Twelve out of sixty-five is still less than say the NFL. Yes, it's still less. It, it's still. I mean, it still means it's still something. less in, in number than the NFL. Fourteen teams make the playoff now. It still means something to make yeah. the college football playoff when it's twelve teams. I think you are taking something away from what made college football great if you get the regionalism out of there. Yeah, and and I think that's a way to keep the regionalism in it. If you'd make it where it's not just the Big Ten and the SEC, yes. So yes. Now I, I think you can do that without a bunch of automatic qualifiers, because I, yeah. I, I do think it's possible to keep playing good football because those teams are playing each other in the conference, so they're beating each other up. Yeah, and they're going to play non-conference games, and there's still going to be a chance yeah. for them to play some Big Ten teams and some SEC teams, and and show in the in the pre-conference season what what they can do. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting, though, because the, the chicken-egg part of it is fascinating to me because I feel like you got to kind of know. But have, <laughs> has, I, has the ACC, are the ACC and whatever's emerges from the Pac-12, Big 12, mm-hmm. are they now so scared that they come before realignment settles? They come running back to the negotiating yeah. team. We'll take it, we'll take it, we'll say, take it. You, yeah. as long as, because before with the 12-team yeah. playoff, it was... You know, you kind of knew the SEC was going to get three or four every year, right. and the Big Ten was going to get two or three, and everyone else was fighting it out. Now it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC saying, <laughs> you know, well, right? If you're the, if you're those other this. schools, you're like, oh god, yeah. Now th- those four spots that that yeah. aren't going to go to the Big yeah. Ten or the SEC, we need those. I think please, I think, please let us have those. I think the ACC and the Big Pac-12. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, the are pack, coming Big back, 12, and they're the, the like, two pack. "Just get us a twelve-team playoffs, guarantee us one spot somehow." Yeah, but also enough at larges that our second-best team right. can, has a chance too. Well, and that's the thing: if you have four AQs, if there is consolidation out there, then I do think you probably have a situation where it feels like everybody has a chance. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. 
uh, and that's the that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament. Yep. College basketball has lost a lot of interest over the years, but what still gets great ratings is the, is the NCAA tournament and March Madness in general, those conference yep. tournament games, because when the season starts, everybody has a chance. Yeah. Yep. Win your conference, you get in. Well, let, let, let's talk a little bit about the story you wrote, Seth. You're talking about where the SEC is in terms yeah. of membership. You know, Texas and Oklahoma are on the way. They don't need to do anything. Wow. Obviously, there's some folks that might want to come. I, let's power rank these these schools. Yeah. If, if Notre Dame wants to come, they're in, right? That's they're it. in. No question. And as I pointed out, as we were talking about earlier, a guy who spoke Monday deserves a lot of credit for that, Brian Kelly. Yeah. Because he took over the Charlie Weiss shattered right. – Remains of that Notre Dame program, and they, he turned them into a nationally they, relevant yeah. program again. They'd already be in a conference, I think. Yeah. If if they had not improved dramatically, people joke under about Brian Kelly, and yeah. crack on Notre Dame for how they uh, looked. They've looked whenever they've gone in the playoffs. But as someone who's covered two Georgia Notre Dame games, where Notre Dame gave Georgia all they could, like Notre Dame got that respect back. Right. And and I have a problem when you say, "Well, look, Clemson crushed Notre Dame." No, no, no. That year. Clemson beat Alabama by more than it beat Notre Dame in the yeah. playoff. And and Notre Dame gave Alabama about as much trouble as Ohio State gave Alabama yeah. in, in, in the 2020 season. Much so. like Cincinnati actually played Alabama closer than Michigan played Georgia right. in the semis this year. Right. So it is not – I don't think the results of the playoff games mean that, that – and, and the brand. Yeah. Just forget it. Yeah. Notre Dame's won. Yeah. Number two, I say North Carolina. What do you say? Well, I say North Carolina because the SEC has a strong cable channel that can still yeah. charge more money if they expand the footprint. Another, yeah. But I, I do think that is a bit short-term thinking because I don't think that is going to be the way money gets made in television for much longer. Mm-hmm. I think the, a bigger brand, a Clemson or a Florida State, long-term mm-hmm. is the better choice. I wonder about Florida State long term. Wonder about Clemson. You know, I, I mean, Clemson had some years in the wilderness. They before did. Dabo they did. Now, and, got and them Florida going. State, and Florida now, State is in the wilderness. In the wilderness. I do feel like if Florida State got the money infusion and, the, and they were yeah. playing from the same deck as the SEC and the Big Twelve schools, my guess is they'd be pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get that we don't live in two thousand nine anymore, and this yeah. isn't about cable subscribers, but. I think in terms of SEC presidents, I think they'd love to get North Carolina for the brand and for the academics. Well, and, and, and then I think they'd love to get Virginia, geography too. Geography still matters to them. That, yeah. that is yeah. one thing. You notice Sankey kept mentioning geographically contiguous. contiguous. Yes. yes. Now, I will say, Indiana touches Kentucky. I've thought about that, too. <laughs> I mean, you're starting to really stretch, and Sankey kind of alluded yeah. to this today. You're really starting to stretch the definition of Southeastern yeah. with Texas and Oklahoma, and Texas A&M, obviously, already. But, you know, uh, right. Yeah. It's, you can still, it, every, yeah, it, every, it, every, every state touches it, whereas the Big Ten has made a mockery of it. By yeah, North Carolina and Virginia would, would basically complete the region. Yeah. And I don't just mean the, the university ofs, I mean, Somebody from either state would complete the region in the in the footprint for the North SEC. Carolina. Though basketball is such a, it, it is what it is. Yeah. That, I mean, the, the, are they going to have to go with Duke? Even I, even NC I, State and Wake Forest. So like, I have I have asked this question, and, and I asked this of Ari with Duke. Did Mike Shashevsky retire at precisely the wrong time? 
But, I mean, that's why Duke probably wants this to all settle out quickly so they can be locked in somewhere. If, if Coach K were still at Duke, I feel like the Big Ten wants them, maybe the SEC wants them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who, who wants them right now. Yeah, because how much of the Duke brand is Duke and how much of it was intertwined with, with Coach K? Because football's not giving you anything. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's, Andy, it's still all so sad, like, we shouldn't be talking about North Carolina and Duke and no, the shouldn't. SEC. The, the Tobacco Road schools should be there with. Well, you know what? If with, your alma mater hadn't bailed on them, Maryland should still be in the <laughs> ACC. In my mind, like you know, that, but and that, that was one of the things that incited this. And, and it's so interesting because Maryland leaving freaked them out enough to do that grant of rights mm-hmm. agreement. The reason they're locked in together mm-hmm. is because of how scared they were after Maryland left that they get picked apart by the ACC and the big or by the SEC and the Big 10 and it is seemingly serving the purpose it was intended to serve but just now pissing off all the schools I still say that I don't know we got to wrap this up but I, I I still say the way this ends up is we have this consolidation and then they break off basically to where they were before like what should have happened in the ACC should have been Maryland staying yeah and part of the reason Maryland left was they weren't playing Duke every year anymore. They were losing these historic right. old ACC rivals, and they were being paired in with Syracuse and Pitt and what at Boston College. But, like, the ACC should have brought in, God help us, Rutgers and someone like that. And then you break off into a northern ACC <laughs> and a southern, like, as in old ACC yep. and new ACC. And then maybe, that, maybe in the Big Ten, they go get Oregon and Washington, and you have the western Big Ten. And the Eastern it's Big not Ten, the worst idea. The you've SEC ever had. adds some schools, and or they are the old, or the Western, yep. as an SEC West, SEC East. But there you go, thinking geographically again, Seth. I, ge- geography still matters. They, it matters it, it, to us. I'm not sure it matters they, to they, these plane guys. Plane travel much. and car travel have not sped up. Yeah. Do we have a European style train system, high speed rail? We should, <laughs> but we don't. Maybe, it still takes maybe, a while to get these places. Maybe the new Big Ten will create that. Maybe that's the, the, the new that, research as I, as I wrote, in the Big Ten. As I wrote the day the, the Big Ten thing was announced a couple weeks ago, if the only good thing that comes out of this is we get high-speed rail or like <laughs> quicker plane flights, then maybe that'll be B- good. Bullet train from Columbus to Los Angeles. Thank yes. you, Buckeyes and Trojans. You, have you been to Europe? I have. How yep. quick is it to get from like – pretty nice. The, yeah. We can't do that in this country. Well. We should. For the sake of college football. Come on, Big Ten. They've got them. These are re- AAU research in institutions. Research it. If, 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 <laughs> Let's if, do it. What is it good for? This <laughs> AA, does anyone even know what that AAU consortium does? What do they get together and talk about? Uh, very erudite things. Yeah, very I mean, important I, I am married to a Michigan graduate who is a professor, not at Michigan, but yeah. at Georgia. I don't, so I'm not coming. I'm not a knuckle dragger, but... Get together and get high-speed rail done, Big Ten. <laughs> you caused this. <laughs> Lincoln Riley, how long for that, those road trips to Maryland and Rutgers? Take and, the train to Rutgers yeah. if that happens. <laughs> it's not hard. Europe did it. We can do it. Uh, all right. Seth Emerson, relitigating world wars and high-speed train travel. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. Joined now by our LSU beat writer Brody Miller on the day at SEC Media Days when Brian Kelly made his debut. The last time he was at a Media Days, he was the Cincinnati head coach. There was a clam bake involved. It was the American. Rhode Island, baby. Or actually, it was the Big East. Old Big East. At, yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah and I, I will say, 
having attended the clam bake. Were you there? Uh, not that particular clam You've bake, but I have attended a clam bake uh, in the past. And I, I got to say, the SEC thinks they have the best media day format. Really? Do you see clams? Do you see, there are do no you see a beach? I do think there's something where the SEC media days need to lean into Southern food. Like, a, like they need to, like maybe you bring one from each state, a little something. You oh, know? I like that. Well, Brian Kelly told us his, his favorite yes, Louisiana delicacy is, uh, is grilled oysters. Yes. And or, crawfish etouffee was his number one. Okay. And he said then also the grilled oysters. Yeah. I, see, the crawfish etouffee, I, I, I'm all for that. Absolutely. I, it's, a, it's a tremendous it's top dish. top three for me. And then you get the, is it, what, is it redfish atchafalaya where they just put the etouffee yes. on top yes. of the redfish? Anything atchafalaya is pretty that much is that. That is the greatest thing in the world. It really is. I've had to cut it out, but man, it is, <laughs> it is a go-to. It is My in, first it, two years in Baton Rouge when I was just gaining weight it, out of it, it was a lot of that. It is incredible. So Brian Kelly handled himself. It's funny because everyone's like, how is he going to handle it? Yeah. It's not like the guy. He was the coach at Notre Dame. Ding, ding, ding. He had a little bit of media attention on And him like his it. whole thing, right, is like he's this politician kind of guy. Right. Like he's really good at schmoozing and working a room. Yeah. I think the thing that stood out for me today, though, was like, I feel like the theme of the day was Brian Kelly's letting himself be in on the joke. Yes. Because that's LSU people are used to Brian Kelly now. The other 13 schools and media groups, they want to make fun of Brian Kelly right now. Right, they, the dancing, the accent. He even brought it. up the family thing. Somebody somebody he, asked him to say it in his Did in you his notice, though? Louisiana accent. Most important question of the day, in your best southern accent, what's the favorite or best food you've had since you moved to Louisiana? Oh, well, understand now, I have a Boston, Midwestern, Louisiana accent now. So, you know, you're, you're, it's three dialects into one. So it's no longer family. I got like all kinds of stuff to throw at you. Did you notice that he used family normally twice before that question? He like worked it in. Oh, yeah. There's no way that's unintentional. Calculated. And then, yeah, then he gets asked about like saying something in a, in a southern accent. And then he, of course, jokes, well, I have a Boston, Midwestern, and Louisiana accent. It's not just going to be family. There's more I'm throwing also, at Also, I you. appreciate that he said Louisiana accent because yes. I, as someone who grew up in, in the more traditional version of the Deep yeah, South, yeah. Louisiana is not the South. There are so many different and Southern I, accents. And I, think, and I think people in Louisiana would be happy to hear that. Like, I mean, they don't consider themselves, especially Southern Louisiana. You are now, absolutely right. Monroe, pretty, pretty Southern. Probably just like a Mississippi. Like nor- yeah. Northern Louisiana, very yeah. Southern. But, but, yeah, it's funny how, how that works because, and, like, Texans are the same way. Yeah. Like, they don't want to be called Southerners. They want to be called Texans. Yes. And, and Louisiana is just its own country. Like, yes. I know Texas is its own country it's most. public. Yes, exactly. But Louisiana is just, like, it's a different world. I yeah. mean, especially South Louisiana. I mean, there is no culture in America that, like, that feels like it's the same country. It's just a different place. Yeah. So, yeah, Louisiana has the strangest accent. But it's tricky because even Louisiana, you got like your Cajun, your Ed Ogeron accents. Right. Then you got like your New Orleans yat that pretty much sounds like a, a any port accent, right. New York, whatever. So yeah, it's a wild world. It, it is, and, and Brian Kelly seems to be adjusting fine. Yep. First question out of the box about the quarterbacks, which you had to expect. The first question addressed how he went lost three games or something in Notre Dame. Yes. <laughs> That's right, not the point, but yeah. That, well, no, I mean, they said they said you know you you took over at Notre Dame and you had no experience quarterback, but. This is a really interesting quarterback room because you have Miles Brennan, who was supposed to be the heir apparent to Joe Burrow, yep. gets hurt, twice, then gets hurt again yep. going into last season and, and can't take part in the competition. You have Garrett Nussmeyer, son of an NFL quarterback coach, yep. former son of a former SEC offensive yep. coordinator. You have uh, Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels, who was a three-year starter at Arizona State. Yep. Who you know when when he announced his transfer, you're like. Really? 
That was my literal reaction. Okay. Yeah. And then you have Walker Howard, who was the prize recruit. Five Brian star, Kelly yeah. danced. True. Again. That was the original dancing recruit. Yep. So, I mean, it, it is a strange quarterback situation. How... How is he handling that going into camp? I mean, when are they when are they going to cut the reps down yeah. on that? It's still at this point even. I think it's going to narrow down soon. And he, he gave an answer today basically saying, like, spring was just installation. Nothing yeah. about spring was, like, catering it to a quarterback or figuring out what this guy does better. It was just installation. I think once fall, once fall camp comes, then you'll start seeing, like, hey, Jane Daniels does well with this and not that. And that's when they really figure out what the offense is going to be what these quarterbacks can be. But, yeah, it is a fascinating race because it's like each one is a yeah, but. Right. Each one is Jane Daniels two years ago was looking like a first-round pick Heisman candidate. Yeah. And then he had two Did years. Did not look like that last year. And, and even iffy the year before, right? He has passing issues. His accuracy even at LSU was in practice hasn't looked great. Yeah. But he can run like no one else. Garrett Nussmeyer might be the most talented of the three, but he's raw and kind of, you know, just gunslinger mentality. you got to harness. And then Miles Brennan is the most trustworthy, the oldest, the guy you, you know, you know what you're getting, but major durability concerns. So it's like, that's why I always explain to people, I think that's what the Jane Daniels edition was. It wasn't just like, we need Jane Daniels. It's, you're kind of playing, I always talk about percentages, but like, you're playing percentages because Brennan might get hurt. Nussmeyer might not be ready. You just need to cover right. your bases. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, when we talked in May, you thought Nussmeyer probably had the edge on winning the job. Do you still feel that way? or? And I don't remember exactly what I said. I don't know if I felt he had the edge on winning, but I think he had the edge of how he looked. You know what I mean? Because okay, it's not yeah. always the same, right? Yeah. There's a little politics. But big, going biggest on. skill set. The, I think he yeah. had the most impressive spring, and he is so talented. But there's this part of me that just goes back to it's just hard not to give it to the big name transfer, right? And part of me wonders, and I'm speculating at this point, but like, does Daniels get the job day one? But with a shorter leash, because you know you got him here. We all know. But I don't. I don't feel like the market for him was. Oh, Jaden Daniels is transferring. Everyone must get him. He was not the most sought after quarterback recruit right. on the market. I mean, like Cam Ward from from Incarnate Word. Yeah. There was a bigger market for him. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it's a good point. And the thing with Nussmeyer is, my gut says he still won't get it. 
just because he's so young, because yeah. he's not going anywhere, because everything I've heard, he's prepared to stay, you know, he gets it. So it's like, if you're just a, a coach playing the politics of it, it just makes sense not to. And by the way, Brennan, the funny thing about him with the narrative is like, he's now being labeled the game manager. Which like that's that's not what his I thing was. Gonna was. Say, the he times was, I remember Miles Brennan starting game manager was not he the was phrase the I would use. Big armed guy yeah. throwing for four hundred a yeah. game. So it's like I think he's more than like the gun the game manager he's labeled as. So my gut thinks Brennan's the right pick. Uh huh. My also gut says Daniels might get it. I don't know. Interesting. That is very. I'm all. Dude, I want to tell you my answer might change every week. It's I, actually right. even yeah. right because it doesn't. If, if this had been a more traditional transfer from Jaden Daniels, I'd be like, oh, this is no question. Yep. They're going to at least try it with him. It's it's funny because I, you know what colors my opinion of Brian Kelly and quarterback competitions? It was what? 2016. Okay. When they go into the season and, and they say in camp, Deshaun Kaiser and Malik Zaire looked equal. Yeah. And they're going to split snaps between them. And you get to the Texas game, and I remember covering that Texas game. That was the infamous Texas back, baby, yeah. Joe Tessitore game. I remember. And you see Deshaun Kaiser, who's throwing laser beams all over the field. And then they bring in Zaire, and you're like, wait a second. Yeah. How in the world did they watch these two play and think they were equal? Yeah. So, I mean, you've been around this much longer, but I just feel like so much of being a head coach now is managing your quarterback yeah. room and just keeping everybody happy enough to not leave just long enough, past, especially now with the windows and all that. Yeah. It's tough. It's like... I forget where my brain was going with this. I had a great point. It's gone now. <laughs> but yeah, I just I think history says Kelly goes with the guy he trusts. You know, yeah. History says he'll go with the veteran more, which would mean Brennan. Brennan, right? But and I think Brennan makes the most sense. He's got relationships with these receivers. He came back. As much as we're talking about like right, Daniel, he was in the portal. Exactly. So yeah. the same things we're saying about Daniels, like he transferred, he's going to get the job. Brennan came at back. Like that means he also should get. It. So I think my gut says Brennan, but it's hard to say, man. Well, and then they've got an offensive line that they've got to put together in front of them. That, that Which, by the way, that's part of the case for Daniels, I think. Yeah. You could play that other way, I guess. Because he can move pretty well. It's like and, maybe and, you yeah. want someone who can neutralize it with his legs. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've, you know, that's the thing. LSU has had to do a lot in the transfer portal 15. to fill spots, yep. which yeah. is unusual for them. Yeah, 15. And you know what's even weirder about it? Yeah, a lot of them are going to start, obviously. But it felt like it was not even just transfers like Ole Miss say to like mm-hmm. get your starters. It was almost like 15 transfers to build your infrastructure back yeah. because of how damaged that roster was when Ogeron left it. As you know, 39 players in the Texas Bowl were able to go. Right. It was like so much of the transfers are also just about like making sure you have a backup whatever. You know, It's almost like when you fire your coach halfway through the season – Maybe it doesn't do the greatest things to your roster. Exactly. So, yeah, but obviously 15 transfers. I think five of them are in the defensive backfield, two on the O-line. Like, they had to – but I think every position except tight end, which is funny enough, is the one they wanted most. But every single position basically added somebody because that's just what they had to do. And it's that's the weird thing with handicapping this team. It's just like in a vacuum they are talented as anyone Mm -hmm. and could beat A&M. But they're also all transfers are young, and it's just like they might also slip up because it's just so much new. Right, but there's also some elite players. Yeah. Mason Smith, Keishon yeah. Boutte, guys that most other teams don't have anybody like that. Exactly. I mean, there's a stereo where there's five first-round picks or three at least. You know, B.J. Ojolari might be second right. or third best edge rusher. You know, Ali Gay, all these guys. It's like the, talent, the top of the roster is so good. And by the way, that's the same reason Ogeron was able to upset Florida or upset mm-hmm. A&M, you know. Right. It's that same thing, but those same cultural issues and infrastructure issues are why you slip up and lose to Auburn when you shouldn't have or whatever, right. or Mississippi State. So that's what makes it so hard. I've actually... 
I think I joke with you this in May. I'm giving up on confident predictions. Yeah. Because the last two years just broke my brain. Oh like, yeah. I'm like every time they're they're supposed like, to win they lose, and the, every time they're supposed to lose they win. That and it's like yeah. they are the fifth most talented roster if you use any of those metrics yeah, yeah. in the country. How, they're going to go nine and three, right? Nope. So I'm just giving up. But I just feel like eight and four is that sweet spot because. I think they do get one or two huge upsets, and I think they lose to like a Mississippi State or something. It is it is bizarre. I I can't wait to see it though because yeah. they've become the most interesting team in the country. They really are up there, yeah. Just because they can't, and and you've seen them play like head tight against Alabama when they Good have point. no business doing that. When you know they go to Gainesville, they win the game in the fog with the with the thrown shoe and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it is it's crazy. And but, also, we can't rule out like, and I don't know the answer to this. I'm yeah. not like, but how much better are they going to be just by removing some of the? And I don't want to be too harsh. Chaos, for lack of a better word, just the chaos of the Ogeron era, right. the and little that, mi- things that you miss that like a Kelly staff doesn't miss. I don't know. Well, and that and that is the, the reason behind the hire. Absolutely, is consistency. Whether it was Grand Valley State, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, yep. Notre Dame, you kind of got the same thing. Just at different levels. I know. I even wrote today in my thing. It's like so much of everyone's attention about the Kelly hire is rooted in how, oh, the culture changed, the difference. Ogeron and Miles were these eccentric characters. And it's like, yeah, but that's the same reason they're hiring Kelly is that he's not like them. Right. You know, it's like they won. Yes, everyone talks about won three titles with three different coaches. Absolutely. But I think anyone would tell you they won three titles off a system that was built on the infrastructure of Saban. Right. It was even everything same Ogeron. strength coach same uh, uh, trainer, trainer yeah just, the support staff was almost identical yes. everything was the culture he built even down to the how they handled media yeah. and like i think this is about hey maybe that ran out you know you can't right. keep the exact same system forever you need the next oh, another a- ask usc trying to recapture Great. the the Pete carroll era over and over and over again so so much of it is just like we need another saban not that you're comparing him to saban but another process guy who knows how to build an infrastructure because right. if you just won two titles with coaches we might not think are that great with say using like the leftovers of the saban era what can you do if you have someone who knows what they're doing it's going to be fascinating to watch. We, we have another big question that we need to tackle. Brody. Here we go. For, for those of you who are not watching the YouTube video, uh, Brody is, uh, has grown himself a mustache. And, I have, haven't I? Uh, I, I just I need to know when, when yeah. do you start at the police academy? I like, I'm trying to think like what I want my like persona to be because everyone thinks it's a Top Gun thing. It's not a Top Gun thing. No, I'm not saying talk to me, Goose. I said that when I saw Peter Burns from the SEC well, Network. I think mine is similar to Miles Tellery. It's it's not it's not oh. a, it's not a Goose. Oh, level. there you go. I'm not saying I'm going for that. Yeah, but I like to believe my like. I guess it's kind of a hipster vibe, you know. Like, oh, it's definitely a hipster yeah. vibe for you. But but I will tell you, you look like a highway patrolman. Like I don't think so. Cause I want, I I want have you the biggest to, baby. I want, you to, fit. No. I want you to try these on. <laughs> Did you just buy uh, these for this bit? No, no. I I have multiple oh. pairs of aviators. Oh my god! I want you to say this. Repeat after me. Son, do you know why I pulled you over? Son, do you know why we pulled you over? Yeah, I mean, see, the only thing I, first off, I feel like you should be chugging syrup in Super Troopers. Right I'm not now. disagreeing with the glasses, but I think the thing you're leaving out though is nothing about me looks like a cop. I have the biggest baby face. Oh ever. no, you look like a total cop now. Well, with the glasses, I do not look like a cop with the mustache. Now you need some skinny jeans. Yes. Then you take the cop vibe away. I think part of it is you're dressed up a little bit for this occasion. I had so a, you got a jacket. I had a friend on. put it you as look like a cop who has gone to court. To testify to make sure that the ticket he wrote gets prosecuted. I had, I had one properly. person say I look like like a 
like a po- 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 wow, politics like communication staffer who's at the pool trying to network. Oh yeah, you like, you were definitely the cool comms I'm like on Veep. guy. Yeah, you're, you're, my, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not. You're not, my, you're not Mike. I'm from not Veep. quite. Well, he does have no. a stash, doesn't he? He does. But, but yeah, like I'm just I'm there to like yeah I'm working, but I'm schmoozing. You I'm are you yeah. are more of a uh, oh God. Why am I blanking on the name? Uh, Oh, not, Dan Egan? Yeah, Dan, you're more of a Dan I'm Egan. I'm not as much of a jerk, probably. But no, yeah. definitely not. But yeah, but I can see you just attached to your phone all the time. I am, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm trying, yeah. I mean, I just always wanted one my whole life, and I just can't really grow part facial of, hair. Part of this is jealousy that I can't grow one. Oh, I couldn't. I, first off, this isn't a great stash. Like, let's be real here. Yeah. But two, like, yeah, I just always wanted one, could never grow a beard, finally kind of grew a beard that summer, and then I shaved it as like a bit. Walk out of the shower, and my it's like this. It's like in uh, Ocean's uh, Thirteen when like Brad Pitt's like the nose plays. That yeah. like oh yeah, she was like it plays, and I'm like if you approve, I am keeping this. And then oh I, yeah, and then I went to like an interview with like the new LSU basketball coach, and I'm like this, is, and he he's like the stash works, and I'm like if if I got through the gauntlet, and we're in, and then by the way, I'm walking up here. Yep, Eli Drinkwitz is walking by me and yells. Nice stash. Nice. I don't know if it's sarcastic. He's a sarcastic Could man. Could be. Could be. So I'm gonna, my whole night's going to be anxiety about that. But, but basically, so the girlfriend says it plays. That's, that's all like that the opposite. So you, Aaron Feld, the Miami strength yeah. coach who's been at Oregon and was at Georgia before that, he's got the, the big handlebar mustache. Oh. He actually decided to keep it yep. because his wife hated it. Oh, okay. See, that wouldn't work in my household. <laughs> I would lose, but I respect the, the heck out of that. Um, I think... Thing is, my, I would love to have Burns' stash. Have you seen Peter Burns'? I did. I like, did. It's a, a great I said, stash. "Talk to me, Goose." The second I saw that's it. a Goose stash. Yeah, that yeah. is a well built, but not too much because you don't want too much. You don't want it to be like bushy. I just it, it's interesting because it, it's a bold choice to go just mustache. Beards are popular these days. Goatees yeah. are popular these days. I think it, I look like a dirtbag with a beard with a stash. I but not like. a dirtbag with a stash. I don't think so. You well, can, no, you look like li- a guy. You look like a guy who's arrested some perps. I look like a guy who like you thinks the bad guy, and then he like actually at the end of the movie he's like, oh yeah, he had your back the whole time, the you know, like yeah, yeah. I think that's who I look like. Well, listen, I, if I see you with a radar gun, I will definitely slow. I down. know we need to get a screenshot of me with the glasses. Just to, what do you think the thumbnail of this episode is going to be? Some, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. I love that you think I I bought those for the bit. We don't have that kind of budget on this show. I mean, you you but, are great at your job. I'm like, did he do that? Really? This, is there a mall nearby? I mean, I might when when I was deciding which sunglasses to bring on this trip. <laughs> like, is someone going to bring a stash? I might have thought about it. Just I love just it. A little that's bit. why you're the so, best. Yeah. It's been fun. Well, you never given like your review. You can be stash? honest. You can say it's bad. I will not be honest. I don't think it's... I, you look like a cop. You look like a highway patrolman. Which I guess <laughs> means it passes. Yes. Yes. It's a you, real stash. It definitely looks like a real stash. That's all I need. Yeah. That's no. You, I need. I, I, listen. In the aviators, listen. If you pulled me over, I would not even try to talk my way out of the ticket. Wow. It's like threatening? Or authoritative? No, it's authoritative. Is it actually? Because I do... My hope was... It's like, I'm Kurtman, sorry that we're spending you will this respect much, my authority. I'm sorry that we're spending this much on the stash, but yeah, still. Yeah, no, no. This is all we needed yeah, to talk uh, about the whole but, time. But, like, the goal was I have such a baby face that I also want, hoped, like, this would make me look a little more like... Yeah. So the question is, what would my stash, like, go in SEC play? Your stash would be a solid 5-3 and three in SEC play. That is a win. If you can fill that middle in, I think we're talking 7-1. and one. <laughs> Recruits are talking. All right. All right. There you go. Right. Appreciate it. Brody Miller, it's been a pleasure. <laughs>